Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Welcome, everyone, to Take It Home Podcast. I'm your host, John LaRocca, and on today's episode, I'm going to talk about the Blind Eliminator Tag Team Tournament that's going on in All Elite Wrestling. Uh, we're going to talk about what is this all about? And we're going to get into the big plot holes in all this. But first, I want to shout out to Jeff Cobb, who is in town wrestling for West Coast Pro in San Francisco. Um he uh, stopped by the Rocka house. Kids got to see Uncle Jeff. It was a good time. The wife uh, helped uh, Jeff with some coloring his hair. He's trying to do a different little look. Just change things up, you know, for the uh, G1 tournament. And it was cool to catch up and talk about family stuff. And, you know, and the kids had a blast. They were up all night. It was a very late night. Um, the kids have been just being spoiled kids this, this past week when it comes to their bedtime for July weekend, they're up all night and same thing here when the, uh, uncle Jeff came to visit cause he can't, he came in a little late and, um, but so it was a special night. So we, we let him stay up and, and they had a blast and they are right now conked out in their bedrooms, <laughs> um, but it was a fun, it was a fun night. So and you know, so thanks Jeff Cobb for stopping by. Some gifts to the fam. That was really cool. Greatly appreciate it, man. Good dude. Um, so let's talk about this blind eliminator tag team tournament in AEW. AEW just comes up with this stuff. Tony Khan just loves this throwing things out there at random. Like, if you remember back, gosh, was that six months ago, maybe, maybe a little more than that, when it was like this most random, like, six man tag team battle royal winner get a shot at the AEW six man tag team titles and just out of nowhere, you know? And then all of a sudden, here comes this we're going to have a blind eliminator tag team tournament, and the winner of the tournament gets a tag team title shot at for the titles. And this is obviously came about because Tony Khan needed a reason 
for MJF, the AEW World Champion, to team with his current rival, current top challenger in Adam Cole. And as we've seen this past week, they've been they went out during the you know between the dynamite before this last one. They they went out, had a bonding experience, worked on the gym. Um, it was all play for laughs and goofiness. Um, but you can see Adam Cole, who was a you know when he came to AEW was a heel, has been a a long time heel in the WWE, you know, NXT, the NSPD era. So we know he's, he, you know, he has a, a dark side, as you say. And he was, you know, kind of like an MGF, right? And of course, in this past week, they teamed up and they wrestled the Butcher and uh, Magic Mac Daddy from. 2.0, where his name is. I forget his name's in in the AW. But um But this blindly made humor just 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 like I said, just a vehicle to get these two guys to team. And the gimmick is is that you know AW wrestlers uh, men wrestlers are all all loaded into a pot and names are selected at random and they have the team. This just does not make sense. First of all, they never said how many people have entered this thing. They never explained why MGF entered this thing because he is the world champion. What? Why would he want to win the AEW Tag Team Championship? It makes no sense why he's entered into this thing. No explanation at all. He just in it. Um, and a lot of people are like, "Well, you know, other tournament, other things, people just get thrown in." Well, you gotta have some little credibility. You gotta have some little believability with your um, with your booking, right? Like, there's just no reason, and I don't think this Adam Cole NGF program needs this. Now, maybe, maybe they're gonna end up, you know. Being buddies and being a, a group and all that, but I don't think so. I think it's just you know Adam Cole's gonna be playing, playing uh, MJF, and eventually he's gonna do something. Was probably gonna set up a match at Wembley Stadium, um, and that kind of seems like a very underwhelming championship match. I mean, I like Adam Cole a lot. I just think it's for a Wembley Stadium, you know, you, I'm thinking more Punk versus MGF, but you know, maybe they don't want to rush that, and I get it. And that just kind of ta- says to AW currently, like, who do they have ready for that spot? I mean, I mean, obviously Kenny Omega would be the guy to put in that spot, but you know, he's tied up with this Blackpool Combat Club Elite program. But, uh, you know, rumors are they might do Osprey Omega 3 there. Um, but one thing they need to do is, is get Kenny Omega back in the, the mix when it comes to the single championship um, and stop wasting his time with all this other foolishness. Um, but the Blind Millionaire Tournament is basically a, a uh, version of the WCW... Battle Bowl Lethal Lotter, Lottery Tournament. Now, in that Battle Bowl, the first Battle Bowl, Lex Luger 
the WWE World Champion. He was in this in this event, and you would think like, well, why would he be? He's a world champion. Well, they never promoted that the winner of the Battle Bowl would get a title shot. But you know, you would think if Luger does not win, whoever did win this battle bowl would probably get a big opportunity and most likely for the world championship. So again, Luger entering this tournament to, or these, this gimmick match or specialty night of matches because he eventually wants to get into the battle Royal, the battle bowl and eventually win it because that's more money. You win a big tournament, you know, all that stuff, right? The kayfabe reason. But here, the blind eliminator tag team tournament, yes, the goal is to become a tag team champion, but why would MJF want that? Why would Adam Cole want that? Even though he doesn't have a championship, he is focused to dethrone MJF for the title. Why is he in it? Another issue I have is that why is regular tag teams in this why would they sign up for this well they want to win the tag team title but that's only if there's a chance that they get selected together but there's a chance they won't so why would for example butcher and blade be like dude we got to get in this we got to get in this tournament but you but we're gonna break up you know, what if what if you win the titles? What if one of us win the titles? And what, what what does it make sense? Why would they split the team up? You know, it just makes sense. And why is there a need to do this tournament? Minus obviously being a vehicle just to get NGF and Adam Cole together as a team to do their angle. But just you know, looking at it believably as like a you know as a kayfabe like standard like why would why would they do this it makes no sense if you really look at it it makes no absolute no sense and again this thrown together gimmick this thrown together tournament they didn't announce how many teams are going to be in it or how many competitors have entered into this damn thing? How many rounds are going to be? Nothing. No brackets. And the first two names at random just happened to be MJF and Adam Cole, who just wrestled to a 30-minute time limit draw that the Dynamite before. Absolute complete silliness. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. 
What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I would think they would have a better way to continue this program. And again, at random, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, who were former tag team champions together, turned rivals, just randomly got got selected to team team again. It's just so funky, man. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, I recently talking to some of my friends about AEW, and and to me, AEW feels really cold to me. Nothing seems to be really clicking. CM Punk is back, but I felt like it just kind of came and it's here now. And I'm not a fan of splitting the roster up, even though they said it's not, they're not really doing that, but it does feel like that. And I thought they had something special, possibly with CM Punk on that first night with that promo, the open up collision where he brought out, the, the the red bag and he never took what was out in it but we assume he was talking about you know the AEW world title that he never lost because he got injured after he won it and that's it we've never come back to that uh other than Jay White last week mentioned the thing in his bag right it's like looking back I really wish they would have had CM Punk pull the belt out if maybe it wasn't maybe it wasn't in there. Maybe he didn't really have it, and they're like, "Let's do this." And it was probably one of FT, FTR's tag team titles in there. But it would have been nice if they just had a plan where CM Punk cuts that promo and at the end pulls out that world title that he won. And since he had to vacate the title to injuries, no one's technically beat him for the belt, and now he's. You know, making claim to the to the world title, and now you now the now the world title in AEWs is disputed, and now you have you know MGF could be frustrated and and you know call bullshit and won't even give Punk the satisfaction to you know to wrestle him for the title because he's you know beneath him and you know all that kind of stuff you know, and you can kind of build it maybe to MGF and CM Punk quote unquote, you know, the, for the undisputed championship, right? That would be something, and I would think that would be something that really get people interested. Uh, and also give Collision, at least until they, you know, have the MGF versus CM Punk match for the for the title. It would give some people on Collision you know, a program to work around, you know, Punk as the, you know, claimant world champion. Uh, 
it's just all really confusing. And I was talking to my buddy, Dave Rubio, the heartbreak kid, who, I mean, he loves AEW. He he really enjoys the product. Even though it gets kind of funky, even kind of, kind of goofy, he just enjoys, it just feels more organic when he watches it. I remember him telling me that. Like, you know, WWE is such a big production, and it at times can just feel like we're just watching a show. And I totally get that. Um, and, you know, and nothing feels like it's just happening. It just feels, everything feels so scripted. Obviously, the promos that they do on WWE, just, oh, some of them are just so bad because you can just tell these poor these poor kids are just having to memorize these scripts. And when you memorize a script, you just, for the most, most of these people who are not, trained actors and act you know they they just it just comes up they're just memorizing what they what they were the script they were given and they're just spitting it out with no emotion no feeling so it's hard to connect right aw what i like is that they they do have you know freedom on their promo some honestly might got too much freedom and probably needs to be scaled back a bit but um but AEW right now just feels really cold. And I was trying to think, like, what? I mean, there's matches that I'm, I want to see that I'm looking forward to seeing. Like, um, when this comes out, will probably be will be Sunday, and I haven't watched. Obviously, I'm I'm recording on a Friday night, and I haven't watched Punk versus uh, Samoa Joe yet. Uh, FTR versus Jay White and Juice Robinson, two matches I really are looking forward to watching. Um. And actually, that collision really sounds like a, a solid show with those two matches I mentioned, and also uh, Ricky Starks versus uh, Powerhouse Hobbs. I believe that's on the show this week. So, um, yeah, I mean, I like matches. I'm excited for certain matches, but overall, when it comes to the you know the stories of the characters, I'm not that interested. Um, and a lot of stuff, like I said, just looks thrown out there like this blind eliminator tag team tournament. Um, it's, it's just all, it's just, just thrown together and it really frustrates me and it's taking a valuable television time that you could use to help build to some good stories because like you know what was it well they have some time between all in i think all in's at the end of august so we're still early july so there's still plenty of time to start laying down the groundwork you know for all in but right now i'm not feeling it and i feel like we should start feeling that excitement i think it's going to be a fun show it's going to be really cool to see 70,000 fans, you know, watching an AEW event. I'm like, I'm excited for all the, the workers that get the, you know, this is going to be for majority of them. It's going to be the biggest audience they've worked in front of. That's really exciting. I'm really excited for AEW um, and Tony Khan because, you know, the, I thought a, a great move to go to the, the UK market and they haven't been there before. The fans 
really want to see AEW, and this is a, a, a happening at Wembley Stadium. You know, it, it's an event. You know, it's I believe it's the first wrestling event there in a very very long time. So it's like excitement to go be just to be a part of it. Um, you know, it's like WrestleMania coming to your to your city. And it's like a lot of cat. I remember when here in San Jose when WrestleMania in 2015 came to Santa Clara, which is just you know right next door to San Jose. It's you know San Jose, Santa Clara, all the same basically here as we feel like here. <laughs> and I mean, I know so many people that went to WrestleMania just because WrestleMania was there, and that's kind of like the same vibe I'm hearing about Wembley, all in and Wembley. It's like you know, it's the first wrestling fan. Wembley's new, the new version of Wembley is the first in that building you know let's go see it it's but right now AEW domestically you know they're having a hard time selling tickets you know Punk has helped a bit um, TD Garden in Boston wasn't doing well slow moving seat tickets uh, they announced blood and guts would help picked up a little bit, but still, it's like it's not like before. And this was gonna happen. We all kind of called it, you know, that you know, first year and a half, or you know, that for AW, it's the new hotness. People want to go sellouts quickly, you know. But now it's like people have seen it, and there's no rush to just you know, go out to see the shows anymore. Um, Honestly, I thought this year, 2023, hasn't been a strong year when it comes to pay-per-views. I think Revolution, not a good one. Um, Double or Nothing, I think, was a good show. Um, I enjoyed Forbidden Door. You know, I mean, I was a little more critical on Osprey and Omega. But overall, I thought it was their best pay-per-view, you know, for AEW and, and it was a a fun watch. I enjoyed it. Um, I still feel that you know I got a lot of flack for this on Twitter when I posted that Money in the Bank was a better show than Forbidden Door, and I still strongly feel that because out of Forbidden Door, like matches happened, <coughs> but nothing to like nothing happened afterwards that made you, you know. Want to tune in really next week, you know? Like Osprey Omega happened and Osprey's gone, like for a while, right? And then you got Omega still trenched in the elite feud. Um, it's just what I like about Money in Bank is like every match led to future business. Um, even though you said, well, well, Gunther just beat Matt Riddle. One, that was a great match. Two, you're still building Gunther up as this unstoppable force, right? Um, and then, of course, Drew McIntyre comes out, sets up, you know, he, you know, challenges Gunther, and that sets up, you know, SummerSlam. That's going to be a hell of a match. I'm looking forward to. Of course, the Bloodline, Civil War. What happens there? Jey Uso pins Roman Reigns, the first person to pin Roman Reigns in three and a half years that sets up a huge main event at SummerSlam 
Um, <coughs> excuse me. Damian Priest winning the Monday Bank. That sets up, you know, the tease of when he's cashing in. It sets up, going to set up stuff with Judgment Day. It played into the finish of Seth Rollins and Finn Balor when Priest was thought he had a chance to take advantage and cash in. And there's there's Finn Balor like, hey, dude, I'm winning this title, not you. And that ended up costing Finn Balor the the you know the title. Uh, EO, same thing with the money in the bank, right? Uh, exciting stuff going on. WWE's firing on all cylinders. I was just really, you know, I was looking forward to the money in the bank, but I didn't think I would enjoy it as much as I did, you know? And I was like, it got me like really excited. Like, I literally, for the first time, said, you know, I want to watch Raw. I didn't, of course, I didn't watch the full three hours. I just can't. You know the fast forward button is my friend for for Monday Night Raw because there's it's three hours and you know you know what you can kind of skip right like you, there's no need to watch Chad Gable and Otis and uh, the blonde girl versus you know the Viking Raiders. I'm just sorry. It's just you know you can skip that and you're okay. You're not you know you can you know it's not gonna hurt the main stuff. But, you know, I, I tuned in for what Seth Rollins is doing. I tuned in for um, – I watched Rhea Ripley defend the women's title against Natty, which was a really good match. Um, it's just – right now, W's just, just, just on a roll. And AEW is struggling right now. I just think there's just so much going on. Of course, you know, and we talked about the Fight Game podcast this week where – yeah, when Warner Brother Media or Warner Brother whatever Discovery, whatever they're called nowadays, goes to Tony Khan and is like, "Hey, we want to do another show. We're gonna give you X amount of dollars." Like, you can't turn that down, right? You can't turn that income. And as a as Garrett mentioned, like, you want to like, you know, build a relationship with Warner Brothers because you know that's where he. I'm pretty sure that's where Tony wants to stay and continue to grow it and continue to do the rights fees to go up. And and obviously it's a great sign that Warner Brother Media wants to wants to give them more money and and and, and another show. But it's also spreading Tony way too thin. But he does that on his own. Like uh, I don't think he one hundred percent books everything, and I, I, I obviously he leans on certain individuals. Um, obviously, for Collision, Punk has you know a lot of influence, uh, but you know he's booking Dynamite, he's booking Rampage, he's booking Collision, he's booking ROH. So he spreads Tony spreads so thin, and I really think it's really affecting his booking, and. You know, he's been doing this now for four years. Um, so he has experience now as a booker, but bookers have shelf lives, you know. I got burnt out after an AEW after uh God, was that the you know, two to uh, three three to four years or was when I was booking AP, APW the first time around. Uh you know, I got two. I started booking technically 
early 2008, but I, I really, I was just learning the ropes <laughs> under the previous regime, which is funny because they didn't know shit. And I didn't learn nothing from them. I learned from my studies of, you know, bookers of the past. And, um, and I remember like just firing a bunch of stuff off and all these ideas, you know, once I really started, got the full reins in, um, uh, April of, uh, 2008, but by 2012, I was a bit burnt, you know, I was continuing to go, I was continuing booking APW, but I was, I could tell my, my stuff wasn't as sharp. My, my, uh, but it's just, it's just natural, you know, you know, there, and of course things would happen when I had, you know, I left, I, I decided not to, you know, didn't want to book anymore because of, uh, yeah, I was, told I had to work with someone I didn't want to work with and, and, it, you know, but and that was cool. I was like done and I figured I landed my feet somewhere. And then of course, that's when I started premier wrestling with my buddy, Matt De La Rosa and Daniel Martinez. Um, and, but at that time I was really heavy into mixed martial arts and, you know, I got that creative juices flowing. So I'm not saying like, Tony Khan needs to go away, but, you know, he needs to pull back. If I was him, I would pull back and hand it over to someone that he trusts to for head of, be head of, to be the top book, the, the booker. Um, but, you know, but, but don't have that booker book dynamite, you know, rampage that, well, they should be booking those, um, you know, rampage and dynamite and inclusion, excuse me, not rampage. Rampage can just be, you know, give it to someone else to kind of play with, you know, like, hey, the, you know, you got these guys and gals that you can kind of do things with, you know, on, on Rampage, um, you know, maybe help build up some of the younger guys, maybe make it a, make it a show that just features the younger guys, or, you know, try to change that thing up, but give someone an opportunity. Uh, ROH. Give that to someone. So Tony, like I would like to see Tony take a step back. I think it's hard because he's, you know, just has to be in control of everything. But if I was him, I would take that step back and kind of do what Bill Watts did. You know, Bill Watts, you know, he had bookers underneath him. He had Bill Dundee. He had Eddie Gilbert. He had Ernie Ladd. You know, he had, you know, other, Buck Robley. He had guys that, would book King and then he would kind of come in and it kind of, you know, if it wasn't working exactly for his vision that he wanted, he would kind of step in, you know, like, like, and Watts was a very smart booker, but you know, he, he, I think he also knew that he needed to take a step back, like with Bill Dundee, like, <clears throat> you know, before his business was down you know, the, the famous story, he had a bunch of, you know, he has invited Jerry Lawler and Jeff Jarrett to come watch his product to kind of, you know, try to find out how he can improve his business. And what Jeff Jarrett and Jerry Lawler notice is that they, they, the famous, the famous line is like, Hey, where's all the blowjobs? And then 
Will Watts is like, I don't know. That's not my department. Go find your own blowjobs. He's like, no, no, no. Where's the girls in the arenas? Like, the young girls. Where the young girls are, like, the young guys will come. So that's when they did the big trade. And, and um, you know, Watts was you know, brought in the Rock Roll Express and the Midnight Express and, you know, Bill Dundee as the booker and, and he, you know, he and Watts knew he needed to change something up, not just talent, not just faster in-ring product, younger talent. Um, he knew he also needed someone in creative with fresh ideas. And that's where Bill Dundee came. And 1984 was a banger year for Mid-South Wrestling. One of their most profitable years, probably the most profitable years in Mid-South Wrestling. So... It all comes back to, I think, that burnout when you see stuff like Blind Eliminator Tag Team Tournament. And I think AEW, Tony Khan specifically, really needs to look inward and, you know, take a step back, bring some fresh ideas, um, loosen the reins a little bit. Get more organized, or maybe that, that maybe that's be the good thing from that book booker that he hires. Get more organized, get more structure, and when you do that, you'll have stronger ideas. You know, it's just right now he's just it just boom boom throwing stuff against the wall to make it stick, and and see what sticks. And, and you were, this is what you get. You get like every week. Uh, some kind of specialty gimmick match, right? That's what we're getting now. Gimmick match after gimmick match. Nothing means anything. So that's what I want to see. I, I, you know, we're coming up second half. We're on the well, into the second half of 2023. AW has been cold as ice, and I really want to see Tony take a step back, get someone with some fresh ideas. And I'm not saying like totally, you know, take a step back and don't do nothing. Of course, he's going to have his influence, but so yeah, that's you know, cause like ugh, people crack me up, and I, I see this stuff on Twitter. They're like, John hates AEW. I don't hate AEW, guys. I just want to see a better product from them because they have really talented people on that roster, and I know they could put a better product. So that's what I want to see. That's what I hope. I hope you guys like the, the take take it on podcast this week. Hit me up on Twitter, Laraka JL. Let me know what you think. Um, and let me, you know, what do you think HW should do? Should they hire a new Booker? Are they fine with Tony Khan? Let me know what you think. Everyone, have a good good time, good weekend. Take care. Bye. Having a versatile, high quality piece of clothing feels great. But having a whole closet full of favorites feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code S-T-A-P-L-E-2-0.